Hey, you're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. I hope you're having a good day and I'm really thankful for you listening. So this is Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss the top tech secrets for success from the best in today's digital world. Last time I spoke with Steve Hill, commercial director of Autocon UK, a unique multinational IT consultancy and social enterprise, which exclusively employs autistic adults as IT consultants. We spoke about the employment of very talented neurodiverse IT professionals in the workplace and the training and support for organisations. If you haven't already listened, head back after this episode and let me know what you think. My guest today is author and podcaster of Work Your Energy. They are a strategic leadership and energy coach and has spent 20 years in the corporate world helping individuals and businesses achieve goals and maximize their potential. I'd like to welcome Elizabeth Hancock to my podcast. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Um, I feel lots of parallels and kind of uh, lots of resonance with your story and your journey, uh, which I'd like to start by understanding your background and your your kind of corporate world and the 20, 20 plus years you spent in business. Okay, so um, I graduated in business and then moved into the wine industry, believe it or not, um, straight from university. I spent a year out in Italy and uh, discovered that I loved the food and wine. And so then, you know, promptly moved into the wine industry. And I spent about five years in there. And then I sort of realized that it wasn't really aligning with my core values, and um, this took me into, a, into the field of HR. So I, I went and did a master's in human resource management and then went into the field of HR. A few years later, I decided to set up my own business. So um, I'd always wanted to do my own thing. And, um, and I felt like I could sort of set up a consulting coaching business, which I started around 15 years ago. And, um, and I've been doing that and, you know, working with companies basically around organizational development and performance management. And um, then around nine years ago, we moved out to Dubai. And having young children at the time, um, I sort of had to go back to the drawing board and look at what could I do now with my career. And that's when I decided to move into business coaching. So, as I say on my website, I decided to bring the big business to the small business in terms of my background and my expertise. How did you come to the realisation that food and wine didn't match your values? Well, it was the wine industry per se. It was, it was very male dominated. So I felt like I wanted to be doing a job that had meaning for me and where I could make a difference in the world. And this is something which has always been very important to me. I think back to my teenage years, I remember that something stuck in my mind. And that was that I've always wanted to help people achieve their full potential. And that was something that I wanted to do as a teenager. You know, so when you sort of look back at your life and you think, OK, how did I get to here? And at what point did it all go wrong? You know, and so yes. I, I look back when, when you get to that point where you think this isn't what I wanted for my life. You know, so you track back. 
And um, yeah, so helping people to achieve their full potential has always been something I wanted to do. Can I ask about your teenagers and realizing that you wanted to help people achieve their potential? What was it that you were doing in your teenage years that that led you to that, you know, kind of core value and belief? I just think I was one of those children that was always sorting out my friends' problems, you know, always giving them good advice, which I thought was good advice, you know, and just sort of always trying to help them feel happier and sort of put them back on the right path, if you like. I was always that type of person and I suppose I haven't really changed much, to be honest. (laughs) So you've reflected on your teenage years, you're helping individuals or your friends um, get through their problems. So you went on to university and you um, study business. Um, What does that look like for you? Were were there any specific kind of areas of business or was it quite a general um, degree course? Well, before I got to university, I actually um, failed all my A-levels and um, then ended up going straight to work. My parents gave me a choice that I want to go back and retake them or I want to go and work. And I chose the latter option and moved to London. And my first job, funnily enough, was as an admin assistant at the body shop. And so I spent the next four years uh, working in various sort of administrative sort of jobs. And, um, and then I applied for a grant from my local authority, which was in Sheffield, in fact, and, um, and I got it. And then I sort of had to find a university to accept me. And I discovered this uh, one course in Brighton University. You know, these things are, are always very destined. You know, I found one course that accepted me. And it happened to be a course that spent six, year, six months in the UK and six months in Italy. And wow. um, so we, we went between. And in fact, I only stayed on that course for around 18 months. Um, and then I moved on to a, a business studies course, which was based in the UK. But I had that year in Italy, which was really, really lovely, you know, and opened, opened me up to a, a brand new way of looking at life, which was great. Do you think the the exposure to travel and kind of a more international world from growing up in the UK has kind of allowed your mind to be more open to culture and to change and to kind of seeing things in a different way? Absolutely. And in fact, my dad, um, he worked for the UN, for UNESCO, and um, he always lived overseas. So we used to go and stay with him. And he lived for 35 years in Paris. And, um, you know, so we've always had a very European, multicultural sort of family and background. And and absolutely, this has made a, a massive difference to where I am now. That's fabulous. And I know um, before the recording, we've spoken a bit about the the skills that um, you've kind of accumulated along the way in your kind of business world. Um, So tell me, tell me about what work and the corporate world looked like for you. Well, I suppose it was working within organisations, helping them to grow with their people. So I specialized in you know, areas that have always interested me, things like change management, performance management. I always felt, and I probably learned this from the mine industry, you know, we learn the things that we don't believe in by experiencing them. And then that takes us into the next part of our life where we then implement our learnings. And 
I think one of the things that came out uh, uh, very strongly for me in the wine industry was the the unfairness of it. And, um, you know, I then went and studied employment law as part of my HR master's and discovered about fairness, you know, and fairness in the workplace and, you know, equality and all of these sorts of things. And um, this I found very interesting. I still very much enjoy employment law and um, then was able to then implement this and put this into practice in, in other roles. And as a consultant, it meant that I was free to take on any projects that interested me. You know, so I've never been someone that can do that sort of that long term career, you know, that going working for a company and then just staying there. It's just not who I am. I like variety and I'm very project based orientated. This this podcast is about technology. And whilst you've um, kind of undertaken all of these roles in the corporate sector, it was actually starting your own business that allowed you to kind of be self-taught from a, a tech perspective. So lead lead us through what that looks like and the sort of things you had to learn uh, and take on board for yourself as an entrepreneur and business owner. Yeah, well, funnily enough, I think having to learn technology and having to teach myself technology and especially having to, to teach myself how the online world works, because I think business owners, we don't really quite understand that the online world is a very specific place and a very unusual place and it's not really one that many of us have really understood and been able to grasp in many ways but I would say that having to learn all all about um, the online world and marketing and selling in the online world that became a full-time job and you know and to a certain extent it still is and I was spending so much time learning how to do things that I actually became burnt out. Now, it was a time after my mother had died um, and and my husband's mother had died the year before. So it was a difficult time for us anyway. But I've always been somewhat, someone that it, success in life is very important to me. And I have a lot of dreams and I really want to have a successful business. And this is something which has always been important to me. My husband really doesn't understand why I work so hard on this. You know, he's always saying to me, you know, why you're always working, you know, and, and I'm sort of, yeah, because this is what I want. It's what I want for my life. But yeah. I didn't really understand how much I was taking on. And I had to basically go and learn how to market and sell an online business, how to find clients, how to, uh, you know, get myself out there. And it, yeah. it, it really is the business, the, the online world is just, it's huge and it's full of people's opinions and rules and ways of doing things and formulas and systems and processes. And you can absolutely go down a rabbit hole with, with everything that you find. And of course, this then meant that I got burnt out because there's always something to do. You can never yeah. take a break. There's always something else to learn, always something else to market, always something else. I mean, it's just relentless, really, isn't it? Yes, and I I completely agree. You know, I, we're we're both um, parents, and you know, having all of these responsibilities. And I know some of my listeners, you know, whether they're parents or not, they're within business, trying to either start up or very established businesses, or they 
been through these these kind of pain points that we're we're talking about and burnout is is completely real um you know i often find myself you know working ridiculous hours but it's being mindful to have the awareness that you know you, we're kind of getting to that point but it but like you say it's relentless there are so many things to do um and and the more and more I, I talk about this openly, the more I need support in my own business, you know, editing podcasts, doing the marketing, web development, all of the things that you've done in your career. And, you know, by talking to you today, I'm I'm learning and being able to resonate with your story and be mindful not, you know, to make the same mistakes. And I think that's that's really key when it comes to being an entrepreneur, that you can then take advice from those that have been through the journey, um, you know, whether it whether it's in, in business, running your own business or, you know, working for others. I think that's uh, that's incredibly key. So we, we also spoke a bit about um, skills and normalizing some of those learning points. Um, now, we discussed the, the fact that you're an NLP practitioner and kind of embodied and embraced that concept, you know, 20 years ago. What other skills have really given you the, the kind of strong and deep foundation to be where you are today? When I was um, going through burnout myself, you know, it probably sort of like five years ago, and um, and I I didn't really know quite what to do, and so you know, and of course I just kept researching, 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 and then I stumbled across um, energy work, which you know NLP is is also part of that. You know, hypnosis is also part of that. Um, hypnotherapy is also part of this, and so it's all working with the um the mind but from if you like an energetic aspect so the mind is the energy field of the brain and it's also working with the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind can be seen as the energy field of the body and what we're beginning to understand more and more is that you know we've always seen the mind and the body as two separate things and what we're beginning to understand is actually they work together very holistically and so burnout, you know, is often that you've lost that connection between the mind and mind and the body. And so I, I became fascinated by by the field of energy, energy work, and started to research it. And then it's sort of I understood that when you grow your business from the inside out, you know, not from the outside in. Of course, we're all doing it from the outside in. We're all out there, you know, looking for formulas, looking for processes, looking for systems. You know, what more do I need to know to market my business? What more do I need to know to sell my business? And now I work with clients and I always say to them, you've got to do it from the inside out. You've got to understand who you are first. You've got to have a strong self-identity first. You know, you've got to have that, that sense of purpose, that sense of mission, if you like. Because when I was at university, I studied uh, money uh, money motivation, funny enough, and I wrote my first um, thesis on it. And I discovered from my studies that most of us are not motivated by money. So it's actually we're motivated by intrinsic factors, not ex- extrinsic factors. And of course, this this you know is exactly what it is. You need to you need to do everything from the inside out. So, and I always say to people now. You don't need to go searching for the answers. The answers are actually all inside you. And it's about giving yourself that time and space that you need. 
you know, which you can do through meditation, um, you know, or yoga or whatever it is you want. But, you, you know, you, you, you basically go back inside into your internal world and all the answers are there. And actually all you have to do is just ask your, your higher mind, which, of course, is what now science is understanding is the superconscious mind. And is another aspect of our mind that goes with the subconscious and the, the, the conscious mind. But there's an aspect inside our subconscious mind, which it knows all of these things about us. But we're so plugged into the external world and all the chaos of the external world that we actually we're ignoring it or we don't know it's there. Yes, and we think I think everyone else has the answers and they don't. Other people don't have the answers. That's the thing. I think, you know, society has allowed us to engage in so much noise and so much marketing that it just becomes, uh, for an entrepreneur, a case of producing content and, you know, creating a new marketing strategy or like you're saying, you know, following a formula or a system um, and just trying to fit ourselves into these external things. For me, it feels very much like going with the flow. You're kind of being pulled in like a river into, into this flow of consciousness that is very conscious rather than something that is, is deeper, more intrinsic. Um, I remember some of my HR studies and uh, Edward Chine's Career Anchors and when you talk about, um, you know, our drivers not being financial, for me, it was about dedication and service to a cause, which I'm still trying to work out what the cause is. But it was really interesting working in a corporate world and having the thought that I'm in the corporate world to earn money, to have a lifestyle that is fulfilling. But I'm now thrown by having a service and dedication to a cause which feels much more charitable and intuitive but they don't in my mind they didn't seem to come together so how is your work bringing all of those things together um, and I know we talked a bit about finding a niche as well so maybe you can enlighten us on that. I always work with people now in terms of you have to find a reason, as Simon Sinek says, your why. You have to find a reason for why you're doing this because money is never going to be enough for your mind. You know, in the morning when, you know, you need to get up and you've only had two hours sleep and, you know, you've got to sort of just get back on with the business again, you know, if that's, if that's where you are in your business journey. Your, your mind is never going to be convinced by, you know, oh, I don't need to make enough money this week. You know, oh, I can I can live without a bit of money this week, you know, things like this. But when you have a purpose, that sense of purpose and responsibility and duty to a bigger, you know, a bigger thing than you, then you get up out of bed because you know that, you know, I've got to do it. You know, that's what I'm here for. That's what yeah. I that's what my, my entire life revolves around this. And that's. Um, give you the drive to do everything and more I'm, I'm feeling well I'm smiling and I'm feeling very um, empowered right now because um, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night podcasting is my thing right now um, but actually you know knowing that I've got the interview with you today and you know recording and editing interviews is is my thing for now does it make me a lot of money no do I have a passion and a purpose for doing this 
I don't know what the end goal is. I do know that I really enjoy it. But I also know that back in my corporate days, it was really hard work. And maybe some of the listeners can resonate with this, you know, finding the motivation to get out of bed. And, you know, whether you've got other responsibilities or not, finding that driver and that passion, but actually not seeing it in a local sense of, you know, what what we need to do that day, but connecting it with a, a higher purpose or a, another deeper intrinsic thing that keeps us motivated. Yeah, that's what's worked for me. So passion and purpose, you know, which I know, you know, people talk about this a lot. And there's now a lot of uh, online talk about how we don't need a purpose and all these sorts of things. And well, that's absolutely fine. But I do truly believe that we have, there has to be a meaning for us. You know, I know that people in their 20s are very motivated by money, you know, but when you get to your 30s, 40s, you're not so motivated by money anymore. You need, you need to find a deeper meaning, a deeper purpose for doing something. And until you've found that, life will feel quite empty and quite unfulfilling because you just feel like you're going through the motions, you know, and yes, you need to make this money to pay the bills. But, you know, that's not what we're here for. I, I truly believe that we've come here for a much bigger purpose than paying the bills. And when we connect with that purpose, I also um, teach people about money because money is energy and it is flow. And when we connect back to our purpose and our, our passion, and we really understand, you know, who we are and what we're trying to achieve in the world, the money flows in. It flows in. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, but when we're chasing the money, it's just not a strong enough reason, as you say, for getting out of bed. You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. And today I'm talking with Elizabeth Hancock, author and podcaster of Work Your Energy. So your podcast and your um new book, Elizabeth, is Work Your Energy. And we've started to talk a bit about energy, but can you share with um, our listeners about what energy really means, the human aspect? What we're understanding, so um, quantum physics, which came up around uh, 100 years ago, discovered that atoms are mainly nothing there so they're actually you know 99.9999999 percent uh, energy and of course atoms are the building blocks of our world and even our bodies everything is made from atoms we now know that we are created from atoms that have been traced back to stars from you know from um the cosmos and so we're understanding what are atoms because obviously we live in a physical world but actually, we are actually energy and our world is energy as well. I'll detail in my book because I'm specializing in the science behind this so I can try and normalize it and try and help people to understand that it's actually, you know, a key part of who we are. But you could see energy as invisible, you know, spirituality. Spirit spirituality actually means invisible. So, I you know, it's just the invisible world or the spiritual world. And when we consider that most of what we see around, we, we, most of what's around us, we can't see. So we are surrounded by invisible fields of energy. And um, you know, science is, is beginning to start recording these things, beginning to understand that our thoughts and our feelings and emotions are also energy. And everything in our life is 
directed by our intentions, which and our intentions are not just our thoughts. They actually have an, an energetic aspect behind them as well, because you might have an intent. You might say to yourself, OK, my intention is to make more money and, you know, and, and sell this. But then there's a part of you in your subconscious mind that's saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something different now. So you're going to find it really hard to sell that service or product because in the back of your mind, the actual real intention behind it is that you don't want to do it. Our intentions create our reality, create our world, but also understanding that in our subconscious, we have a whole set of belief structures in there, which we've inherited from our ancestors. We we picked up in our childhood And we don't necessarily what it is that we're actually broadcasting out into the world with our intentions. There's lots of thoughts going through my mind. And I know when I have put in place, uh, you know, a 10 year life plan, for example, and written down dates and tried to. I don't know. I guess the the word is manifest um, in in a quite a logical sense. But actually, my yeah, but my, my intention is is very much that. Um, And I, in one of my interviews with Alex Kingsbury, we talked about, um, you know, setting kind of future plans and uh, the concept of backcasting. So his concept was to almost visualize himself in that place from an energetic perspective. But it, you know, all of those things kind of came true and, and actually happened rather than someone that, you know, from from my example, um, you know, thinking I could achieve all these things, but my heart and soul and my purpose and and all of those inner things that I can't quite conceptualize meant that they were blocks to those things happening. Um, whilst I can kind of write things down, they they didn't happen. So there's a there's a mix match of of energy, like true energy, from what I'm understanding. And also visualization, which is also called mental rehearsal. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of science um, around that. And Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot um, in his work. But when we're visualizing, we are actually creating. We have now created energetically that thing that we can see in our mind. And it now exists in the energy field, in energy form. And then what we do is then we take aligned action in order to realize that visualization that we are seeing in our mind but of course we have to want it it has to be something that our heart wants and you know the mind is filled with I should want this you know I could want this or you know I need this but we need to go with the heart what does the heart actually want because that that's it's the heart and the mind that work together to create the reality that we have so manifestation you know, we're now beginning to call creation because we are creating all the time. We just don't know what we're creating unless and, until we start to get more observant about our life and what's actually really in our, our mind. And you can see what, what's in your mind by what your reality looks like outside of you. Do you think it makes a difference if somebody feels like what they want in their future is going to be a success for them? I feel like that that's a catalyst in achieving what you want for your future. But if you have a success mindset, is there any logic around any of that? Yes, absolutely. Because we're creating our reality with our thoughts. You know, and remember, of course, it's intentions, not just thoughts. So you have to understand, are these my real thoughts? You know, and 
we're also understanding from quantum entanglement that we're entangling with other people's thoughts as well. So, you know, something that I'm always teaching people, and I actually have an online course around this, which is how to help you get back to you so that you you are energetically yourself. Um, yeah. You know, how to know who you are, to know what you are, you know, to know what you're not, to know who, you know, who you're not, yeah. these sorts of things. Very, very important. We have to really, um, you know, step into our sovereignty and understand, you know, that we are individual beings on this planet but we're also connected through energy waves to each other as well Mm. I I love these conversations for me there's lots resonating from when I was in my 20s I remember a circumstance uh kind of a corporate competition and I I've been working in photoshop for 30 plus years but what I did was superimpose a photo of myself and the team in a location a winning location but I remember feeling and just knowing, and I've had various uh, instances in my life where I've been able to manifest and actually make the success really real in that moment, um, but almost been, um, you know, kind of uh, undermined in a way, like, how dare you have these amazing thoughts about, you know, what the future looks like? You know, how dare you think about what what the success might look like? But actually, I also feel like I've I've had a... Forgive me, listeners, this feels like a, a kind of therapy session. And I think all of these all of these discussions really kind of help. But I feel like I've had a 20-year block and I'm now coming back into that place where I can think conceptually and energetically in, in a mind of success. Um, but also, like you, on the back of collecting all of these skills, you know, whether it's self-taught technology to, you know, be a marketeer or a developer or a, um, you know, all of these wonderful things that we've kind of gathered. So bringing back in the technology, and I think that's all very empowering to be able to step forward and and make more of a success. We talked a bit about, uh, obviously, energetic healing and uh, burnout, but I'd like to kind of bring that together from a mental health perspective and energy. When I, so I, I had depression the whole of my life. My mom had it, you know, it's sort of in our family. I just, you know, thought it was in my genes and that was that, you know, as we were all told, you know, we can't change our genes, blah, blah, blah. And um, when I got to, in my 40s, when I was working in this energy work, you know, and actually it started, you know, after my mom died. Some bizarre things started happening in our house um, and, you know, it, it, it all sort of, you know, like sort of came together around the same time. And this is all in my book. All these all these stories are in my book. Um, but if you like this sort of this burnout, it sort of led, I suppose, to, you know, me researching energy work and trying to understand more about, you know, sort of the. Um, I had a transformational session with someone and it just, it just so amazed me. I was like, Oh my God, I have to learn about this. What, you know, what is this? What is this? I just experienced. And so that sort of set me off. And, um, and as I started to learn more and more and more, you know, and I worked with a, a shaman for nine months. I know um, I've also just finished a shamanic 12 month um, training program as well. And I've, you know, I've worked with other energy healers and I've gained many new modalities, things like theta healing and Reiki, you know, and all these sorts of energy modalities. And the more you do this, it's like the more you start to wake up your energy body. And then, and I just, I just realized one day, you know, that I woke up 
And this was actually fairly early on in my journey, actually. And in fact, I wrote a blog about this because I couldn't remember to think positive, you know, because I now understand why we can't do it. We only we only operate from the conscious mind 5% of the time. It's not long enough to think positive thoughts. So we have to feel positive. So I started to feel positive. And then one morning I just woke up and I felt different. You know, and then I started to explore the energy, energy work. And I started to feel better and better and better. And then I just realized that I didn't feel depressed anymore. And I began to understand that depression and you know, the mental health issues and problems that we have in our world is because we are so blocked to this energetic aspect of ourselves. And that's probably because it's being, you know, it's being lumped in with religion and spirituality. But actually, it's a fundamental part of who we are because we're made of energy. Our atoms are made of energy. So if, we, if we're ignoring this aspect of us, we're not able to connect to the, 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 full, the, the, uh, the full side of us, if you like, you know, the, 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 the whole of us, the entirety of us. So it's like you're walking around through your life and you're ignoring half of you. I can see now where the disconnect kind of, you know, the head and body and the the thinking and the feeling, you know, when you mentioned about not actually being able to think positive because we're only using our conscious mind, was it 5% of the time? Yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense. You know, there's lots of logical thinking process. It's like you know, you've just expanded my mind, um, certainly in terms of the way that I think or feel about positivity and that it comes from much, you know, uh, the feeling space within a body rather than a, a mind, if you yeah. kind of get where I'm coming from. Yeah, so, you know, the mind is hugely powerful, you know, and, uh, and it really is creating the reality that we see around us, you know, and to a certain extent, we actually are surrounded by frequency and energy. We're not surrounded by anything physical at all. So our mind has created this, you know, virtual reality planet that we see around us. So it's hugely um, intelligent and hugely powerful. But the subconscious mind is one million times more powerful than the conscious mind. And the subconscious mind is able to, to make us sick, which is what, you know, Gay Hendricks talks about in his Big Leap, so, you know, that, that moment when you've got this, you know, this uh, public speaking event coming up or you've got this amazing deadline, you've, you know, you've got to deliver all these things, you know, or, you, you know, like you, um, a contract is coming to an end or something like that, you get sick. And that's why, because the subconscious mind has reached that upper limit, that point, yep. it's, it's, it's now pushed beyond its comfort zone and it's now stressing out and it's going to make you sick because it wants you to go back into a comfort zone. So. Mm-hmm. No, and it can make us sick, but it can also heal us in equal measure. And this is what we're understanding now about the field of energy, energy work, is that we can, our bodies are perfectly able to heal themselves. Perfectly. I've got a number of listeners that will completely resonate with this. And if you need to find out um, any more, please go and get yourself a copy of Elizabeth Hancock's book, um, Work Your Energy. Um, I'll be putting some notes and links in the in the show podcast show notes. But, you know, there's, there's lots of things for me. I, I'm really uh, empowered and energetic now or feeling, you know, really quite positive. I had a, a dream the other night um and you know we often kind of think about things but um 
I visualized myself in a, I've already got one degree. I visualized myself in um, graduation robes, but in 2032, and I'm wearing these robes that are 100 years old. Now, we're only 2022. Um, that's 10 years time. Goodness knows what. But I know that I had a massive feeling of positivity around this. Uh, so uh, any of my listeners, watch this space for the next 10 years and we'll see what comes up. <laughs> this is good because this type of visualization, this is what is called uh, clairvoyance. And this type of visualization, these images that you're seeing in your mind, this is your higher self showing you images. And in fact, none of our lives are um, prophesized in that way. You know, we, we actually create everything. And, but what, what we can see in our mind's eye occasionally is snippets of things that we want. And then what we do is we pull them down, we grab them and we take action to make it happen in our life. But these little snippets of, you know, of images that you can see in your mind is your higher self saying, you know, this is for you if you want it, this is for you. And then, of course, when you talked about before, the inner critic saying, no, you can't have this, you don't be so silly, you know, you're not clever enough to have this and all these sort of things. That's the, the you know, the conscious mind or, you know, the ego, um, you know, getting, getting involved because the ego, the more that we open up to our energy body and the more we open up to our higher self, the more the ego starts to lose power. And it doesn't want to lose power. It wants to be the most important thing and it wants to do what it wants to do. You know, and as you can see, the ego, you know, it, it, we already know that the ego is a piece of software in the mind. So it, we, we can see around us in the world, the ego has gone mad for many, many people, you know, and the ego basically gets too turned on, you know, and it's like, you know, I want, I want, I want, you yeah? know, and just goes yeah. around the whole world and, you know, um, so that's that's what it is. And so the ego is always trying to stop you from connecting to this sort of higher self, you know, this super conscious part of you, because it knows that that's the death of the ego. And that's how the whole thing works. But we can never completely lose the ego because it's the ego, if you like, that creates the physical world that we live in, you know. Yes. But what we can do is we can pacify it. And so what I'm always saying to people is, you know, do this little meditation where you close your eyes. And then you imagine this radio dial in your in your mind's eye and you say, this is the radio dial for the ego or the analytical mind. And then you just turn it down, 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 down until it's just completely turned off. Um, and then you can then start to then connect back to your higher mind, your superconscious mind again, which, of course, you know, contains all the answers that you need to be able to live an amazing life. I find it very frustrating. I remember when I was doing my life coach training and being told that um, everything I need to know, I already do know. And I was like, I don't know. I don't have these answers. Just tell me. Just tell me the answers and the mass of frustration. But, you know, however many years on from that, you know, I, that belief and that uh, resonance, you know, that memory still stays with me. And we, I think you know, logic and science says that we do know, and it's becoming more and more intrinsic in our lives and, and the kind of energy. So whilst, um, you know, we're talking about business and we're talking about, um, you know, technology, we can still have and manifest and kind of make real all of these things, but from an energetic perspective. And I think, you know, that's really the point of this episode to 
you know, talk with you, Elizabeth, about um, energy and value and, you know, your journey in, in kind of getting to this place. Yeah, I can bring it back to business for your listeners again, if you like. So what I do in the morning is I always start the morning with a deep meditation. So I connect to my higher self, you know, I understand, you know, what what is happening today, you know, what are we going to do today, you know, and, um, and then when I've sort of, you know, got all my answers, got all the information that I need, then I, I, I finish it, you know, with visualization, you know, so whatever we're visualizing, especially when you're deeply connected to your higher self, whatever you're visualizing, you are already manifesting. And then, you know, I sort of um, connect to these visualizations of, you know, how do I want today to go? And then you know that because you've done that for an hour, you've already been working in the energy field and you're starting to pull energetically whatever it is that you need in your life at that time, you know, whatever it is you need for that day ahead. So, you don't have to go out searching for the right platform or, you know, searching for the right website or searching for the right software. It actually is coming to you. And so then yeah. what you do, you know, is you sort of you, you go on, you know, go online or whatever. And and you start to look at you start to take notice of what's what's popping up on my radar. You know, what's coming up on my on my news feed, what's coming up in my inbox, these sorts of things. And you start to explore that because you're trusting the fact that energetically you've already created all this and your morning meditation. And that's why there are so many books now called, you know, miracle morning and things like this, because it's about doing your meditations and visualizations before you do anything else. You work with your energy first. And then the rest of the day is going to be flowing to you in the way that it's meant to. I have absolutely loved this conversation, Elizabeth. Um, I've learned a lot. It feels like I've shared a lot. I felt a lot as well in terms of, you know, my own personal energy and enthusiasm throughout this episode. Um, now, what's what's coming up next for you? You've just launched your book. Um, what's happening? So my, my book came out two weeks ago. So I'm busy sort of promoting that. I've got my podcast as well, which I've been running for three years. And that that's part of my purpose. You know, there's no way I could be still running my podcast three years later if it, if it wasn't something that felt like it's aligned to what I'm doing and it's about me sharing information sharing wisdom and to a certain extent sharing all of the wisdom that I discovered during my meditations as well and um and I've also just put together a, a wealth consciousness program because wealth is something that I can see so many people are suffering with at this point, especially with the way that the economy has gone after COVID. And um, it's something that, you know, I've worked in business for such a long time. I, I used to write business plans for a living, you know, when I was a business coach, you know, profit and loss, balance sheets, all these sorts of things. It's something that I fit. And I've also worked on my own money mindset for the past five years as well, because I had a lot of sabotaging around it. So I feel like I've learned a lot. And so now I've put together this uh, lifetime program and literally we're all going to be turning up twice a year and working on our money stuff, you know, so that we can start to create more wealth in our life. And it's something that we just have to keep doing. You know, money is such a, a huge topic and there's so much resistance in the world around it that it's something that we have to keep 
coming back to. And I talk about these things in my book as well. Fabulous. So just as a reminder, your book is called Work for Energy. And if you want to get your hands on a copy, I'll pop some links in the show notes. Um, Elizabeth, I just want to thank you for your, I kind of want to thank you for your energy today, actually, rather than your time um, being quite, uh, you know, not timely, (laughs) Um, being quite appropriate in in that way. Um, I really appreciate you coming on to my podcast and wish you all the success with uh, all of your ventures. And uh, yeah, it feels like you're on your own success journey and you certainly inspired me to feel more empowered and, and successful in my journey as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been really great. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have recording it. I look forward to have you listening in again for the next episode. And in the meantime, I'd love you to rate, review and download this episode. Thanks again for listening. 